Attention, all troops. He's alive. Alive. Welcome to the Retroist. Ever since I watched my first episode of The Twilight Zone on WPIX Channel 11, growing up in New Jersey, I have been obsessed with the show. I loved everything about it. I loved the storytelling, the moodiness, the narration, just everything. It's one of those shows that's the total package, and no doubt that's because of the amazingly talented Rod Serling, plus all the other wonderful talent he was able to bring to bear on the show. So when the 80s rolled around, and I got wind that the Twilight Zone was making a comeback, I believe I spotted it in an issue of TV Guide, I was ecstatic. I, of course, made plans to watch it. There was something not quite right about watching a Twilight Zone that was in color, and the tone of the show was different in some ways, but overall, I couldn't be happier and would base my entire week around watching the show. Like with many other shows, everything had to be just right. I had to set the mood, and that mood often meant being alone, because I couldn't be interrupted if my sisters needed to take a phone call or something, and I needed to have my grape Pisces and pretzels. The whole run of the show, that was my ceremony, and how I would enjoy the 80s version of The Twilight Zone. I had friends who would tell me, eh, I don't really like the show. I wouldn't hear it from them. I couldn't hear it from them. This was the show that inherited a very important legacy, at least in my mind, the legacy of one of the greatest anthology television series that has ever existed. Now, in retrospect, I've watched the show, and I really enjoy it still, but it is not the equal of the original. But that doesn't mean it's not wonderful in its own way. The show has a lot of really solid episodes. It also happens to be a great snapshot of the 1980s, which culturally was a very interesting decade. So on today's show, we're going to talk about the 1980s version of The Twilight Zone, which I like to refer to as The Twilight Zone 1985, where the year it started. We'll talk about the production of the show, how it happened or why it happened. We'll talk about the different seasons of the show. We'll talk about some of the notable cast members, its release on home video. We'll talk a little bit about the music in the show and about the narration of the show. We have an info-packed episode ahead of us, so without further ado, let's start the show. Twilight Zone 1985 was the first of two revivals of Serling's 1950s-1960s television series. We'll talk about the second revival in another episode. It would run for two seasons 
on the CBS network, and a third season would be produced for syndication. Unlike the original series and the series that would follow it, this version of The Twilight Zone didn't have a host. Instead, it had a narrator that you would hear. We'll talk a bit about the narration a little bit later. Rod Serling does appear in the credits of the show when a ghost-like image of him flashes across the screen. Because of the sort of break between the seasons, the show would run from September 27th, 1985 to April 15th, 1989, but it would only be three seasons, and those three seasons themselves were not jam-packed with episodes. Spielberg, take you to another dimension. Now, people were really getting Twilight Zone fever in the 80s. Because the Twilight Zone movie was being made and it had a lot of talented people behind it. The problem was that when Twilight Zone the movie came out, it was a bomb. It opened at number four and had a pretty decent gross of $6.6 million its opening weekend. And it would wind up grossing $29.4 million in total. That's pretty good, but the executives who backed it had dollar signs in their eyes and wanted it to be a massive success. The great thing about The Twilight Zone is because it's story-based that you can tell a lot of story for not a lot of money. And The Twilight Zone, the movie, only cost $10 million to make. When you say $10 million to make, almost $30 million in profits, well, people started to think maybe it would be time to revive the television series. Maybe a profit could be had there. This was also a great time to release a new Twilight Zone because the kids who had grown up watching the original were now adults. CBS was so excited and so sold on the concept that they pre-sold the syndicated rerun rights with a guaranteed number of episodes. And that would be a very important thing that we'd come back to later. Because as you'll hear, the show would be canceled in season two. And at just about one and a half seasons, there wasn't enough episodes to fulfill the syndication rerun guarantee. After these messages, we will return. Burger King. 
And now, back to the show. So back in the 50s and 60s, Serling sold his share of the series back to CBS, which allowed it to be an in-house production. And because it was an in-house production, CBS stood to earn more money making a Twilight Zone series, more so than they would make by purchasing a new series produced by some company on the outside. And there was interest by a lot of talented people in working on a Twilight Zone series. They would shoot down offers over the years from Rod Serling and his original production team, and later by filmmaker Francis Ford Coppola. CBS always wanted The Twilight Zone to be a huge hit, but it never was. Very popular, but never the runaway hit that they expected. So in their head they thought, well, is it going to really do that the second time around? So the CBS program chief at the time, Harvey Shepard, is thinking about how can they monetize the show, and they're looking at the success of the original series in syndication, and they're also looking at how popular movies like E.T. and Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Poltergeist are doing, mostly Spielberg stuff, and they think to themselves, well, maybe it's time for a revival. Maybe the public is ready for the Twilight Zone once again. The Twilight Zone movie didn't do well, but despite that, in 1984, CBS gave the new Twilight Zone a green light. It would be under the supervision of Carla Singer, who was the VP of drama development at CBS at the time. A lot of very talented people had grown up watching The Twilight Zone, and they all had some interest in participating. So you would get amazing writers like Harlan Ellison, George R. R. Martin, Rockne S. O'Bannon, Jeremy Bertrand Finch, and directors like Wes Craven and William Friedkin. The Twilight Zone debuted on the night of September 28, 1985, and reception was good, and it would win its Friday night time slot in four of its first five weeks. Episodes in the first season would feature stories by Harlan Ellison, whose Shatterday launched the new series, Ray Bradbury, Arthur C. Clarke, Stephen King, and Greg Bear. In addition to these New scripts, a bunch of episodes were supplemented with remakes of classic Twilight Zone episodes like Dead Man's Shoes, Night of the Meek, and Shadow Play. Quickly, the novelty of a relaunched Twilight Zone seemed to wear off on the viewing public, and slowly but surely, the Twilight Zone began sliding down the ratings, being beaten by shows like Webster and Mr. Belvedere, both wonderful shows as well. Now, there was also some controversy during this first season. Harlan Ellison can be accused of a lot of things, but he is a complete original and a great storyteller. I have no idea how they managed to get him to work in television, since he had been an extremely vocal critic of working in television. But they brought him on, and he was going to make his directorial debut on an episode called Knackles, which was an adaptation of a Donald E. Westlake story. It's a story of an obnoxious, mean-spirited drunk who frightens children with stories of a malicious, evil Santa Claus. Now, this episode was rejected by CBS while they were working on it and was halted in mid-production. Ellison tried his best to change the network's mind, but in the end, there would be bad press and controversy surrounding the decision. Sometimes decisions like that and controversy are good for the show, but in this case, it did nothing to increase the ratings. Now, there's a quote about 
this first season by staff writer Michael Cassett, who's talking about the show's low ratings and why people might be disappointed in it. He said, Our show always seemed uneven to me. There were episodes perfectly in keeping with the Twilight Zone spirit, and there were others that could have been from the Outer Limits or from anything. Now, I don't think comparing yourself to the Outer Limits is a bad thing, but there was a difference between the two shows. Frankly, I think if they had approached some of the greatness of the Outer Limits, there still probably would not have been major ratings. The world seems to enjoy anthology television more in syndication or reruns than they do in first run for some reason. Now, the show had some success, but still the ratings were poor. Yet somehow, they were able to get renewed for another season. Sadly, that season would be canceled at the midway point, with only 11 episodes filmed. Unlike episodes from the first season, where they would have smaller segments, say two or three, in the second season, each episode contained only one long segment. Which, if you were accustomed to the first season and the way they had set it up, you might be a little thrown off by it. At this point, there were actually episodes they had started working on. Those would not go to waste, because, as I said, CBS had syndication deals that they needed to fulfill. And so CBS would replace the original production team and set out to do 30 more 21-minute episodes for the third season. That way they would have enough episodes to sell the series into syndication. All these episodes would be produced in Canada. This new Canadian-produced version of The Twilight Zone would be led by executive producer Mark Shelmerdine, who had worked on I, Claudius, and the story editors would be Paul Chitlick, Jeremy Bertrand Finch, and J. Michael Straczynski. Straczynski would author more episodes in the third season than anyone else on the staff, and he would be named the sole story editor after Chitlick and Finch were released from the show. After these messages, we will return. You know it, and so does your little girl. Hey, girl, can do anything. Right, Barbie?
two tales that can only happen in the new Twilight Zone. And now, back to the show. In addition to having talented directors and writers, they also had some really decent actors work on the show. Stars like Bruce Willis, Helen Mirren, Morgan Freeman, Martin Landau, Jonathan Frakes, Joe Montaigne, and Fred Savage would have roles on the show. As I mentioned, I would talk about the narration on the show. Charles Aidman would be the host of the CBS episodes of the show, and he actually appeared in two episodes of the 1950s version, Little Girl Lost and When the Sky Was Opened. In the syndicated versions of the show, Robin Ward, who was up in Canada, would narrate all the episodes of the show and would go back and redo episodes which originally had been narrated by Aidman. They thought that this would give the show a greater sense of uniformity, They also probably didn't want to pay Aidman more money than they would have to pay the much cheaper at the time, Robin Ward. The original theme to The Twilight Zone is magical. And in the 80s, they tried to take it up a notch and hired Jerry Garcia from The Grateful Dead and had him and the Grateful Dead perform the new theme music for the Twilight Zone. It's interesting, and if you haven't heard it, it goes a little something like this. If you are a fan of The Twilight Zone 1985, Image Entertainment released Season 1 of The Twilight Zone in 1985 in 2004, and Seasons 2 and 3 were released together in a 7-disc DVD in 2005. The show would also be released on DVD in the UK, Season 1 and Season 2 in 2005, and Season 3 in 2006. Something interesting I learned about the show while reading about it was that The show was actually shot on film, but transferred to video to be edited. So the raw footage was all 35mm film, which was put on videotape, and then the original 35mm film was discarded so that they could edit, dub, special effects on this new, cheaper, and easier technology. Other shows would follow doing this, but The Twilight Zone 85 was probably the first drama series on television to do it. Because of this, there are no original film negatives from which DVD companies could strike a new print for transfer. The problem with videotape is that it deteriorates over time. So when you see the release that Image Entertainment did, you might complain about the quality. But the quality is good for what they had to work with. And frankly, if you're a fan of the show, it wasn't as popular as it could have been. So I'll take what I can get. After these messages, we will return. 
the Apple IIc, and money. People in high places are always asking me, Alan, where does the money go? If you wonder the same thing, I suggest an Apple IIc, an Apple modem. Then you can call up your bank and see how much money you have. You can even pay off your bills automatically. If you have any money left over, congratulations. You're doing better than the government is. The Apple IIc. There's no telling how far it can take you. You unlock this door with the key of imagination. Beyond it is another dimension. My name is Talkie Tina, and I think I could even hate you. A dimension of sound. A dimension of sight. A dimension of mind. You're ten years old again, Pip. How come you're ten years old again? You're moving into a land of both shadow and substance. You've just crossed over into the Twilight Zone. Rod Serling invited you to enter the Twilight Zone. And now you can. On video cassette, exclusively from the CBS Video Library. Complete, uncut, without commercials. Heading west. You'll visit a world where the unusual is the usual. And you'll see why the critics rave. You'll get your first cassette, four classic half-hour episodes, for only $4.95. Discover why Rod Serling's creation won three Emmy Awards, setting the standard for science fiction. By taking you to places where you believe the unbelievable. No change. Turn on the lights. Please. Future cassettes feature leading time. actors like William Shatner, time. Jack Klugman, and Burgess Meredith. Ah, there's time enough at last. You'll have time, too. Every six weeks, you'll receive a new four-episode video cassette for a ten-day risk-free preview. The Twilight Zone. Now it's yours to own. Enter it whenever you want. To order now, have your credit card ready and call 1-800-453-7800 to get your first cassette for $4.95. No CODs, please. That's 1-800-453-7800. And now, back to the show. The Twilight Zone 1985 was fun television. And as I mentioned, a wonderful snapshot of the 1980s. And because it's the 1980s and not the 1950s and 60s, the show does have a different tone to it. Some have described it as slightly more mean-spirited. Others have cited that it lacks a lesson at the end. That's true for some episodes. And the show is uneven in some regards. Not that every original Twilight Zone was A-plus material all the time. If you have watched all the original Twilight Zone and you need a new treat, you want to watch some new anthology television, Check out Image's release of the series, and maybe sit down and watch it with a friend. I think that you'll see that a lot of those episodes during the first season are really solid, and episodes during seasons two and three, while more uneven than season one, have some real solid stories in them. Some pretty weird, but solid. It's the perfect show to watch on a cold autumn night, much like I did back in 1985. So get your high C grape out, get your pretzels ready, sit back, and take a trip into a 1980s version of The Twilight Zone.
Thanks for listening to the show. For more retro fun, drop by the website at www.retroist.com. You can follow me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at facebook.com slash retroist and twitter.com slash retroist. Thanks to Peachy for the music you hear during the podcast. If you have any musical needs, you can email Peachy at peachy at retroist.com. Thanks for listening to the show, and I hope you have a great weekend. Zone did have a bit of the doo 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 doo. This has been a retroist production. Goodbye.